Welcome back to the DIC podcast for 2020. This is episode four. We'll be bringing you today the latest from the club news, how we've been traveling, but also we've got two special guests. We've got our very own athlete, Abby Delamotte, joining us to talk about her training. And we've got strength and conditioning coach, Peter Kamaris, also joining us. Um, Jam-packed episode. We hope you enjoy. Uh, Let's get into it. Boris, how are you going? Yeah, good. Been going pretty well, actually. Keeping, keeping busy? Keeping very busy. I've uh, kind of run quite a bit this, uh, this week. I've got on the horizon, I'm about to start work. So yeah, kind good. of making the most of all my free time while I can before I have to start going back to work again. And um, what, or run us through, how's the, a couple of weeks ago, we touched base on the podcast. How you been since then, training-wise? Yeah been good been good been knocking off some big sessions um the issue with living down here in south melbourne is that when i go to albert when i go to albert park on tuesday uh the mtc is usually training there as well so <laughs> yeah they uh there's some very fast boys that run for them joel joel tobin white saw him on tuesday and he uh yeah, cool. was looking very very fit again he seems to have an incredible knack of getting fit very quickly he does. unfortunately he does. uh but it's it's good motivation you know living that close to where it's some pretty high level elite athletes train yeah um the rest of the week has been good though i think got done eight times 250 meter hills today that was pretty hard haven't done hills in a while but you know i'll see the benefits of that in a couple weeks so that was good to tick off very good to tick off yeah Yeah, how about yourself yeah no traveling well i've last probably two weeks since the last episode we've um i've upped the k's a little bit of training now um five times a week so um that's been slowly building up um sort of on the back end of two and a half three weeks worth of training so i'm going to take an easy week next week but um yeah did a nice long run um you you, you helped me out the other week you got out on the bike obviously yeah. um self uh distancing but you broke the wind for me around albert park last sunday which is um which was good to get that in um, yeah that was that was hard see i haven't sat on a, a bike for an hour and a half for a while yeah. Um, and I, I definitely regretted not wearing my bib shorts because that was, um, hey, <laughs> that you was a hard up, seat by the end. You rocked up in your Sunday vest. You had your chinos on, you had your white sneakers. <laughs> and I thought, this guy's not serious, is he? <laughs> and well, anyway. I just, I just came in what I usually ride my bike around South Melbourne in when I go into the shops. I forgot that uh, I was actually going to sit out there for a while cover you from the wind for that long. So it's, anyway. Um, it was, no, it was a good run. We're going to key up... Um, a Sunday run uh, soon. So hopefully that'll be good. Um, yeah. So no, training's good. Um, but that's about it. Looking forward to um, bringing the members this next episode, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so we don't actually have much club news, unfortunately, just because there's not really much happening with the club right now. Uh, we are hanging out to hear what Daniel Andrews has to say off the back of Scott Morrison's comments on Friday. Uh, yeah. Scott Morrison laid out a sort of uh, a plan a three-stage plan that he wanted to put in place. However, it's up to uh, the state level to decide what we do. So we'll have to wait to hear what Daniel Andrews has to say. Hopefully, he lets us do some racing soon. But we'll uh, we'll see. I believe he's going to make some comments on Monday. Yeah. So we'll see what he has to say. Uh, anyway, we do uh, have some exciting news, Nathan. Do you want to make the announcement? Yeah, we've um, we got some good comments back and feedback from the committee and the wider members that um, potentially a, a where are they now segment is going to feature on this DAC podcast coming up. Obviously, uh, races um, is a little bit thin at the moment with um, COVID-19. So what, what better time to, to get some past and present members of the club um, in the club's 40 odd year history, um, get them on, hear about their training, understand how the club was back in the day. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great idea to, um, to use this as a, a catalyst to, yeah, learn a bit more about the club, especially from me as well. I've been at the club now, um, a while, but there's always people that you hear names of, um, through the, through the lurks and, um, I, I can't wait to hear from them. So these, uh, let us know what, who you want to hear from, um, and we'll try and get them on, but I've, I've just drafted a couple of names here, uh, Bryce, yeah, who you got? In, in no particular order. There's a couple of um, some really good runners and, and athletes at the club. We've got Murray Harding, uh, Sonia Brito, Libby Allen, Sean Quilty, Rod DeHyden, Joe Ishia, Adrian Paddy, Michael Gallagher. We've got Annie Vining in there, Kate Downward, Charmaine Smith, Natalie Harvey, Paul Cleary, Greg Camp. So there's just a couple of um, 
athletes from a couple the pub, of superstars. A couple of superstars in there and um, would love to, if they're listening, they might not be, but uh, would love to get them on at some point. And, and anyone else, you know, that's just a small list, but they were, they were, that was a list from even, even life members, um, club record holders as well in there too. So yeah, um, plethora of knowledge. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's jump into our first interview with a very special guest. Yep, let's do it. Okay, so we'll start off. Um, welcome to the podcast. We have a special guest this week uh, joining the podcast, 26-year-old Abby Delamotte. Um, she's from Launceston, um, been part of the club now for five years, since about 2014. Um, she was the past female athlete of the year for the club in 2017. Um, trains down with the Wolfpack training squad uh, under Bruce Scriven and Peter Fortune. Um, her PBs are 53.90 in the 400 metres, 202.19 in the 800. Um, she's been to the Commonwealth Youth Games. She went to the under-20 world champs in Barcelona in the 4x4 and the 400 individual. And she's also been to the 2015 and 2017 four, uh, world relay champs in the 4x8 where they placed third both times. Uh, Abby, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, that's all right. Did we get everything there? Yeah, you did really well. It was a bit of a mouthful. So, no, you did a really good job. Thanks good. for the intro. Kind of. no, that's yeah. all right. No, thanks for joining us. And um, look, how, how are you going, first of all, with uh, everything that's happening at the moment? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going pretty well. I think yeah. um, even amidst everything, I feel like I've been keeping really busy. So, um, you know, just between university and um, doing postgrad and running and um, those two things alone have been keeping me pretty busy. So, um, yeah, like generally speaking pretty well, like running's progressing pretty well. So um, happy with that and about halfway through the um, semester um, at the moment for uni. So lots of assessments and things like that. But yeah, yeah going really well. Yeah, great. What, um, what are you studying? I'm doing a doctor of physiotherapy at Melbourne Uni, so yeah, wow. yeah. Nice. <laughs> learning a lot about all the injuries I've had. So. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely get to the uh, to the injuries in a little bit, but um, yeah. so yeah, training training's been good with COVID. How have you been, sort of um, training at the moment with obviously no squad, but you're doing your own thing. Yeah, yeah, doing my own thing a bit, um, and actually in a weird way. So I actually did my hamstring just at the beginning of all the. COVID-19 now right. so in a way it, my training hasn't really changed all that much because I've just been able to focus on doing my own rehab so which I would have been doing a lot of it on my own anyway so yep. um really just been sort of starting from you know um building up from the ground so I think it's yeah I've been doing a lot of strength training so I had a had a bit of time off would have been in February beginning of March um yep. and just started building up from there so I'm still now I'm up to running or hopefully this week for four days a week so yeah. be pretty happy with that but doing a bit of like strength stuff in in the midst of that as well so um yeah in a way yeah I feel like my training hasn't really changed all that much but yeah definitely missing being with the squad and um you know having having that community even though yeah. we've been catching up on zoom on Saturday night so we've sort of managed to yeah, cool. keep in touch um even with all the craziness but yeah, no, it's going, it's going pretty well <laughs> so, so far. Yeah, great. How did you, um, so how did you do that hamstring then? Yeah, so I was coming back from, I'd sort of rehabbed a, a calf injury and it was going quite well um, and had been back on the track for a couple of weeks at the time. And um, it was, yeah, probably like end of February yeah. and we were doing a session um, of 150s and they were, we were, we were moving pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think I think I probably got a little bit too excited, and on our third rep, I probably went a little bit too hard, yeah, right. and it caught me at the end of the rep. So, so yeah, so um, it was. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty sad, but yeah. at the same time, like um, my physio actually was at the track at the time, so I had a pretty good team around me yeah. um, immediately after it happened. So um, my physio, Kevin Craigie, he came over and we got some ice, sort of like talked about what we should do and I had a you know had all my squad around me too which sort of like helped to help me to stay positive a bit but um it was sad but I don't know like it's I feel like it's it's coming good now and you know you learn a lot from your injuries so yeah, for sure for sure <laughs> Abby you said you're only just on the track for a couple of weeks how long did you have before you raced um that 100 at Melbourne Uni Ooh. um oh gosh <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I remember I'd, I'd been on the track. I'd been on the track a little bit. That would have yeah. been, when was that race? That was 
Since that Jan, was wasn't it? Late Jan? End of Jan. Jan yeah. or Feb, yeah, around there. End of Jan. I think the week before was the first time that I, I'd been in Spikes for the first time, maybe the week before that. So I probably had been on the track maybe for about, I don't know, one and a half months, maybe two right. months. Don't yeah, quote me on that, but something pretty like well. That. Yeah, I was actually, I was pretty hesitant to jump into that race. Like my coach, um, Peter, he, about a week before, um, he was like, oh, I think you should run this race. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for it. Like I haven't really done any yeah. too much specific stuff. I, I think I'd done maybe like two reps in spikes at that point. Like <laughs> in my mind, I was just like, I was trying to like, I need to do a full session in spikes and then I need to do this in spikes and do, you know, yeah. like I was sort of really like trying to be quite methodical in the way that I came back. But um, Fort sort of saw that I was training okay. And, you know, I sort of was like, okay, I'll like put my trust in him. And so we decided to um, last minute enter for the race. And I'm so glad that we did it because it was, it was a bit of a surprise, but it was a lot of fun as well. So, <laughs> And I'd never raced at that track either. So it was a good, a good yeah. experience. Yeah, it's a good but, track. Yeah, Just, it's interesting. Yeah, really yeah. like, uh, yeah, everybody's always said to me that the Melbourne Uni track is like, it's kind of strange because it has all the fences and you kind of, mm. kind of like, you feel a bit disorientated. And, yeah, it feels like you get your bearings. Yeah, 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 exactly. But um, yeah. it has like quite tight bends and like long straights. Yeah. Like, I can't quite remember either that yeah. way or that way around. But like, yeah, yeah so um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, and it was like a, yeah, it was a special race as well because one of the girls in our training squad, like that was obviously for her father who had passed away. So yeah, right. um, yeah, I feel yeah. like in, it was a meaningful race in more ways than one. So um, yeah, it was, yeah, I was really glad that we did that. <laughs> we decided yeah. to do it. So Just for the listeners that don't know, Abby ran a 209.16 winning in like lane four <laughs> in, a, yes. in a final, what, 30 or 40 meter sprint in lane four. So it was a very impressive race to watch. <laughs> Yeah. 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 It, was, yeah, it was definitely interesting. I think um yeah, going into it I you know, sort of feeling like, oh, maybe I should I should I not be running this race and I kind of just decided to like, okay, I'm just going to like just feel the race out. I'm not going to, you know, like go and lead or anything like that. I just wanted yeah. I had no idea where I was at, so I was like this yeah. could go really well or really badly <laughs> and we'll just find out. So um I kind of just tried to stick with the pack, but it was it was such a rough race. Like I feel like oh, I like Oh, so much hustle and bustle like I was sort of mid-pack and then yeah. uh, going through the bell I think it was I was coming last like I was literally like more <laughs> so because I was just trying to stay out of the mess everybody was sort of running in and out and um, getting a little bit anxious and stuff and I think I just I just waited the whole time and sort of had was starting to feel pretty good at like 120 to go and I was just like oh well give it a go and so like, <laughs> <laughs> decided to yeah give that last little bit um the you know give it a good go and so, um, the only way a, to do that was to go out into lane four because yeah, everybody else was going You had out. a little bit left. Uh, you you yeah. did come around the outside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I think you know, I was just trying to wait and just be patient and just yep. like, I know, spots usually come up in the last like 100 or so because um, everybody, especially in that race, everybody sort of went a bit manic at about like 250, 200 to go trying to like get to the front and there are a lot of people making moves and, sometimes you can actually spend more energy trying to like make those moves, you know, and you don't want to be running out in lane three around a bend as well. Cause you'll just end yeah. up running an extra yeah. like what five meters or something. So I just wanted to wait till the straight and um, I still ended up running in lane four, but at least it was on the straight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, so was that your, I mean, you didn't, what, what's that 2018, no, 19, 20 season. Did you run much of the end of 2019 or was it injury still? Yeah, tough. coming back from injury. Yeah, so I literally the last two years I've raced once in each season. So and oh, I've wow. both been at those, those January Milers clubs. So yeah, I did one um, in yeah January 2019, and then yeah. I ended up having surgery the month after that. Um, and then yeah, so then I got through one race again in January. So <laughs> fingers crossed, like it's all you know going up from here. So. <laughs> And what was that? What we'll get to probably injuries in a bit, but maybe while we we'll yeah. touch on it, um, you had surgery. What What did you have done in 2019? Yeah, so um, I actually had an injury with my plantaris muscle. So I know there's a few runners that have had issues with this, but it's it's a funny muscle because not everybody has it, but oh, apparently right. I do. Oh, so right. anyway, yeah, it's like <laughs> it runs along um, it runs along your calf and sort of inserts it. Um, next to your Achilles. So I, I used to get like a lot of Achilles tendinopathy. And so I yeah. think it was actually a lot of it was associated with having this plantaris. And I, 
I actually um, I had torn partially torn the tendon and the only way to really sort of make it better is to like they actually encourage you to either tear it completely or remove it so I had surgery to oh. remove it the whole thing yeah oh, wow. yeah so it's a strange thing. Like, yeah. yeah, I never thought I'd be having surgery to remove one of my muscles, but I did in 2019. So it was, it was interesting. Jeez, jeez. What, um, yeah, you, what, okay, so go, Boris. I've got that you raced uh, 1,500 metres in January 2019. Is that true? Yeah, yeah I did. In I Hobart? think um, I did one in, um, in Tassie. Yeah. And then I did one in, I did a, not a minus club, it was a AV Shield. Um, yes, that was really good. I was sort of, um, I was having right. issues at the time with, right. um, with that sort of plantaracy sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I ended up running that in flats, but <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah. so I went down and it was really nice. It was sort of like, I often go down to Tassie either like around Christmas or New Year's, um, depending on if my family's in Melbourne or Tassie. So I yeah. Yeah, sort of was able to fit in a race while I was down in Tassie. Um, early Jan, um, and it was my first fifteen hundred, I think, and I was, yeah. <laughs> I had, yeah, man, I'm, I still feel like I'm much of a, you know, I've got a sprinter's mentality, and I'm, I don't really like mileage all that much, and a fifteen hundred <laughs> just sounds like so far, so I was just like, I was a bit nervous about it, but I'm so glad I did it. Like it was such a, I, it's definitely like opened my eyes up, and I'm like much more willing to maybe do some more fifteens later on, but. It's still yes. such a long way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is coming from fours. Obviously, yeah, you started. Yeah. You started at fours. That um, that probably brings us into the next question about your progression in running and and when you started and what events you probably um, you, you've you've got some hundred meter. Where, where did it all start for you? Run us through that. Uh, yeah, so I started running in Tassie. So I think yeah. you mentioned I'm from Launceston. So yeah, Launceston, Tasmania. Um. It was interesting. I actually, um, I got picked up by my first coach at a, like a inter-schools competition where I'd, right. uh, I guess I'd sort of run quite well and a, a coach approached me and I was like super flattered about it. And yeah. she asked me if I wanted to come and train with her. So her name's Faye Denham and she was, yeah, yeah, best coach for, you know, you know, my, as a junior, she was so great and just really helped me to develop, um, you know, just those like introductory skills and just learning how to train so um, I ended up joining her group and was training about two times a week and then after she retired um, Peter Fortune at the time was was very present in the athletics Tasmania sort of scene and mm. he ended up picking me up and uh, yeah which I was so grateful for and um, I was when I was with Faye I was actually more like cross-country I think I went to my first ever nationals was like 2k steeple and like the 800 um, <laughs> yeah and then I ended up um, with Peter, sort of, oh, uh, with Faye and Peter, I moved more towards the 400s and that's when I sort of started to, I made my first team as a 400 metre runner, um, which was a Commonwealth Youth Games, like you mentioned, yeah. and that was, yeah, yeah um, got to go to the Isle of Man, which was really interesting, yeah, right. really sort of, I didn't even know it existed, but <laughs> <laughs> and then we went there and it was, yeah, it was, yeah, really cool trip and sort of from there um, was really lucky and made the, um, the world junior team in 2012 and sort of I stayed running the um the 400 probably up until the beginning of 2015 pretty much and I sort of after I turned like 18 19 I started to get like hamstring tendinopathy issues and mm. my coach he'd always sort of said like oh you know I reckon you're like a distance runner at heart he'd, or he did sometimes he'd be like I think you're a 3k runner and I'm like right. definitely not a 3k <laughs> <Too> runner <far>. so <laughs> So here we are kind of like meeting in the middle a little bit. So, <laughs> and so moved to the 800 in at the beginning of 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And brought me to Melbourne. So um, yeah, it, sort of the transition from like moving from Tassie to Melbourne worked really well because my coach actually, so I moved to Melbourne and started studying in 2014 yeah. and my coach moved maybe like three months after me. So he was originally from Melbourne and was already planning on coming back. So it kind of just, we just teed up really nicely. And so he yeah. got me in touch with all the Wolfpack guys. So yeah. um, started training with um, Bruce Griven and all the guys there and some of the girls. And it was just a great way to um, build community in Victoria um, when I moved over. So I'm super, super lucky to have that group. How is the Wolfpack? Run us, yeah, run us through a bit more of them. Oh, it's such a great group. Like, I honestly feel so like blessed to be part of it because it, it's like an amazing community um the culture is just awesome like 
Um, as much as we're all there to run and to, you know, train hard and do the best that we can. And, you know, all of us, most of us are competing and we've got people that are competing at the highest levels and down to like, you know, doing like AV shields and stuff like that. But Mm. we're all just like great mates. Um, so like training is just fun. Um, and we have, um, as well, like there's so many people that have like different skill sets, like outside of running, we've like, we've got doctors, we've got people that are doing architecture, like Mm. so many people in the health field, but like just yeah everybody's so interesting and it has like there's so many uh i could go on forever about them but (laughs) yeah it's just yeah really fun group to be a part of and just like the atmosphere within it is just really like encouraging and uplifting and you know i think um a lot of groups especially when you've got a lot of elite runners in them it can sort of there can be like this pressure and, and and i feel like we all definitely push each other to train really hard and we do some you know we do some pretty tough sessions and we definitely get each other through them, but it's at the same time, like we have a good time while we're doing it. And we're very, yeah, I think, you know, like even amongst like me and the, the 800 meter girls, we sort of have our own training groups within the overall squad. And like, we're like high-fiving each other after every rep. We're like, well done. You guys did that so well. Like we just, yeah, it's just a really positive environment. So and you know, running can be tough, so you kind of yeah, need that. Sure. It definitely pulls you yeah, through a bit. So yeah, they're an awesome group. I couldn't speak more highly of them. <laughs> no, that's a that's a great rap. Um, <laughs> and how did so how did you get to Doncaster then? Oh, actually, um, through a good mate, Georgie Buckley. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Georgie Buckley and um, Bronte Bronte Grange. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, when I first moved to Melbourne and and joined um, the Wolf Pack, though, those were the two girls that I sort of got to know really well. I think there were, there weren't too many girls in the squad at that point, but yeah. I trained a lot with them and. Um, like straight away, like Georgie was on my back, like, when are you going to join Doncaster? We're getting new <laughs> uniforms. They're going to look so cool. And like, nice. yeah, so I was just like, oh, uh, and you know, like I, I'd met a lot of the guys as well from Donnie and they just, yeah, it just seemed as well, like a really fun group. A lot of like people my age as well. So they mm. have like a, a lot of young adults and like, um, which is really cool. Cause some, some clubs I feel like there's like a, you know there's a big gap between there's a lot of junior athletes and then there's a lot of like masters athletes but there's sort of not too many in between and Doncaster just had heaps and so it was kind of nice to join a yeah a a club that had you know athletes from all ages and you know you could just yeah have fun with while we go to go and compete at comp so yeah Uh, that's that's yeah Georgie (laughs) she she's not running anymore is she uh, no, not running it. She's doing some amazing things. She's just done a PhD in um, oh, wow. disordered eating in elite athletes. And so she's, yeah, still keeping in touch with her, especially through her social media. But, yeah, I've seen her um, in that space. Yeah, yeah. She's doing incredible things. So loving watching her, you know, do her, do her thing off the track. <laughs> what, um, so what, what is a normal training week for, for you? Um, how often do you catch up with Wolf, tra- uh, Wolf Pack and, and um, how much training do you do by yourself? Uh, so in a normal training week, I'm usually running um, six days a week. Um, so I usually have a, a day off on Friday, which I love my days off. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm usually training with the squad probably four of those days. So we do sessions on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays. And then we do our long runs on Sunday. Um, so the only sessions that I'd really do on my own are like my Monday, Wednesday runs. So just like a okay. continuous jog. Yep. Um, and I like, I don't go crazy on those. <laughs> just like quite take them nice and slow, put a podcast in or yep. listen to some music and sort of just chill a bit. Um, and then usually do my gym sessions, um, on the Mondays and Wednesdays as well. And sometimes a Friday. Um, and that's, um, down with the, the guys at the, um, Tony Stefton is my strength and conditioning coach at the Melbourne Uni gym. So oh, yeah. yeah, really lucky to have him and um, train in a, in a facility that has a lot of other elite athletes there too. So yeah, sort of like a roundabout. Like I don't, I don't usually do too many Ks. Like I, I probably do between like 50 and like, I think I got up to 70 Ks yeah, maybe yeah. like three times last year. So <laughs> I don't do too many Ks compared to a, a lot of people. Do you have a do you have a sort of a benchmark in terms of K's? Do, is it is a K's a big thing for you, or is it more quality over over quantity? Uh, I think the way Fort trains in general is like yeah. quality over quantity. Mm. Um, so the sessions that we do are like pretty like you know sometimes we're going race pace or faster. Um, right. So obviously it changes throughout the year. So like in winter training, for example, we're not on the track running 
like, I don't know, 29 second 200s or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it definitely changes. Um, I think, yeah, I, if anything, I probably use Ks as a way to like monitor my training so that I'm not like jumping up 15 Ks a week and, you know, like more from an injury prevention kind of perspective. So it's just, it's a really easy way to just track your progress. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, throughout the injuries that I've had, like I found that load monitoring is definitely the biggest thing for me. So, um, and it's just another way to be informed about your training and what you're doing. So you sort of know what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. So like, uh, like for example, like when we go on our long runs, because a lot of the girls are sort of coming in at different, um, you know, maybe you're coming back from an injury or maybe you have been training sort of consistently for a long time. We might be running on, you know, some might be running for 75 minutes, some might be running for like 50 minutes. So it's very easy to like, when you're there, just be like, oh, I'll just run another like 10 minutes with the girls and, you know, conversation's good and stuff like that. But if you know that, you know, you, sh- you know, you shouldn't be, running too many more k's than what you're doing or if you've already done a big week that you just have to be like nah nah i've got to pull back and you know so it's i think it's just a a smart way to train more than anything by keeping keeping track of your k's um abby what are some key sessions you guys are doing in season like on the track what is like a some big tuesdays that you guys might do or some hill sessions or something like that what do they look like yeah ah yeah. Or is that a trade secret? Good, good yeah. question, oh guys. no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it's a trade secret at all. I think Fort really loves these um our in-season track sessions. They sort of follow a bit of a um I there's a kind of like a model to them. Like he likes to sort of start off with like start and finish off on a kind of longer hard rep and then in the middle sort of have like some more rhythmic type reps so for example we might do and it's all race pace or a little bit quicker so we might do something like 500 meters have like a couple of minutes break then do like six 200s off 30 seconds and then have like three minutes break and then do another 400 so it's like yeah they're killers man like <laughs> that last 400 that sounds pretty hard yeah oh uh, yeah yeah so but they're really like they're really good though they just like they prepare you really well for those you know in season 800 meter races so um yeah yeah they're really good (laughs) i think yeah they're definitely more like yeah 200s are definitely my favorite i love a good a good session of 200s but they're probably more in our off weeks that we do some 200s but yeah right yeah yeah (laughs) and in in winter like coming maybe sort of like november-ish we might be doing things like 1k reps and stuff like that at the tan which are they're so hard. <laughs> <One day rep. laughs> this is where I'm like, I'm not a distance runner. Yeah. But like, again, like it's a sort of staple sort of winterish coming into, into um, summer session. And again, they, I feel like they get you really fit. You need to do them, but yeah. And it's a good way to sort of just compare like where you're at and you can sort of see what, what you were doing, you know, or how well you're doing based on what you did similar time last year and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kaiser is a good benchmark. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Great benchmark session. Hard, but great. (laughs) It'll get you ready for those 15s, Abby. Uh, And threes. (laughs) Don't give Ford any encouragement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What, um, so world championships, you went with the relays, you know, one was in Bahamas. Tell tell us about that. That looked, um, that looked awesome. Oh, they were, both of them were in the Bahamas and I did not complain at all. Um, no. Yeah, they were incredible. I think they were definitely, um, the, yeah, two of the highlights of my like athletics career so far. So um, both of them, like, I don't know if I could pick up, pick a favourite, but yeah. um, I think, yeah, the atmosphere within the stadium, because, because track and field for the Bahamas is like the national sport. It's just like the whole country like tunes into it. The people, like the stadium is just completely packed with like people on their feet. Um, there was around the the first bend. So like from the start to the sort of 300 meter mark, there was a a massive stage that had, I don't know how many, like it was a, there was like a, a band, a full band on there with like, you know, the, the dancers with the big feathers and like, (laughs) yeah. And so like when you're racing that you had like this, like 50 piece band or whatever, like playing music as you were running around the track, like massive drums, like, I don't know, like trumpets, like everything. And just like the whole crowd, like going nuts. Like it's just, uh, I don't, yeah. It's just like a a meet like no other really. So yeah. 
um, and the competition there as well. Like I, oh, I remember like going into the um, at our the meet hotel where all the athletes were. Like I was like we stayed at the Atlantis Hotel, which yeah. is like anybody who knows the Atlantis <laughs> Hotel is just like. Like I looked out my window and there were pools full of stingrays and there was like, it's just like, <laughs> like we would just walk down to the beach and there was like palm trees and like, it's just, like, honestly, it's so beautiful. Pretty spoiled. Yeah. Oh, so spoiled. And, um, oh yeah, like we'd go to the food hall and there'd be like Alice and Felix, like Usain Bolt, like just, you know, like oh, wow. people that I'd watched and I was just like in awe of like, and then you go to like, even at the warm-up track, we, we it was pretty cool. Our um our tent, like the Australia tent, was right next to the Jamaican tent. So like, Ooh, oh, we, yeah, go. it was nice. Like, <laughs> I still remember like we were warming warming up for the this would have been in the 2015 one. Um, me and the girls were warming up for our uh, yeah the final. Um, yeah. and I was like just starting to do some like drills, and like me and the girls are sort of like around the same area, and I was just starting to do some like a skips. And I saw this shadow coming up behind me and I thought it was one of the girls. So I turned around to like start talking to them and it was Usain Bolt. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, like <laughs> a bit starstruck. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I don't know how I could mix up Usain Bolt's shadow for like one of our girls because he's like six foot something. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it was, it was incredible. Like, yeah. And just like the adrenaline when you're racing, it's just, ugh. I feel like my heart rate's going up just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, what um, you came away with two uh, bronze medals in, in both 2015 yeah. and, and 17. Which um, which leg did you run? Yeah, so the in 2015 I ran the first leg, and yep. then in 2017 I ran the second leg. Yeah. Cool. Um. So yeah, both were yeah really awesome experiences. I think um, yeah, I think the 2015 one um. That was my, I was coming off my first season of running 800. So I was like, I was still very much learning how to do it, but I was just like so excited to be being in amongst it. And like, um, the first leg's always great because you're sort of, you know, the, the teams haven't really spread out too much. So you kind of like, it's probably a really great opportunity to sort of really get a good race in. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to like, yeah, just get in there and just stay with the group and, um, just run the best that I could. So I, so I feel like I was really happy with how I raced in both meets, really. Like, I think I probably did like equal PBs roundabout-ish for both. So, yeah. um, well, I mean, like it's a, it's a relay leg, so it's not obviously not a, a proper PB, but um, yeah, I was really happy with how I ran in both, both legs. <laughs> And when is the, when is the next world relay? So I haven't obviously the, there wasn't any last year. What when's the next world uh, relay? Well, they did they did the world relays in Japan. So they had like they didn't have the four by eight though. So I think they probably cut oh, okay. the four by eight. So oh, okay. yeah, that's that's a really they've removed it and put in the two by two by four. So which is really awesome. Yeah. So my um, my training partner um, Katrina Bissett, she ran that and she's absolutely smashed it so yeah. um i'm not sure what the go is going ahead because usually yeah. they sort of do it every two years so um not i mean technically i'm not sure if they're going to do it next year or not um cause obviously with the olympics and stuff like that but yeah. um yeah i'm not sure if they'll do the four by eight again <laughs> the four by, I, I watched like, i watched a four by 15 the other day and it went for a fair amount of time but it, yeah it, that's it, a um, thing yeah <laughs> it's still good it, it just spreads yeah. out too much though yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I could, I could understand. I think, and especially the, the, the time of year that it was, you, you're getting athletes that are sort of like in Australia, we're obviously coming off the back of our domestic season, but a lot of other countries like Kenya and all that, a lot of them uh, haven't even started their seasons yet. So it's kind of a, an interesting time of year to have it, but it's, I mean, it's great for us, but. <laughs> um, all the advantage yeah. we can get. Yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, so I mean, it'd be good if they had it again. Um, it's definitely, mm. yeah, it's a really great meet. Yeah. Speaking of future races, do you have any uh, sort of goals coming up that you'd like to hit? Any fifteen hundred goals or three K goals? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, to be honest, I haven't really thought too much about the fifteen hundred. Besides, maybe I'll do one. <laughs> Um, I think well, for me, definitely it's like, um, just becoming like, like physically resilient. Like I want to be, you know, just get the body strong, um, be injury free. I think that's definitely the priority for me because you, yeah. you can't, you know, 
you don't want to rush those things because usually they just come back to buy you if you don't take care of them properly. So yeah. that's my first priority. And then after that, if I, you know, if, if my body's well, then obviously like start racing and, um, you know, nationals is always a, a big competition and one to, to train for. And then like from there, you just have to see how you go, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely for me, getting injury free um, and getting some just consistency in the training. And I think that will come with, you know, if you're injury free, then you can be consistent in training. And usually that leads to like good performances. And so it's kind of like a flow on effect, like any athlete will know. But um, yeah, definitely just working on getting the body body yeah. right. <laughs> what, are you, what are you sort of doing now to stay injury free? I know you said you're kind of building up to three gym sessions a week and doing yeah, that type of yeah. stuff. But what... um. Well, if you want to just sort of let everyone know, maybe mm-hmm. some some pro tips. Yeah, some tips. Injury free. Yes, obviously it depends on the injury that you have. So yeah. mine was a, a tendon injury. So I'm very much um, into the gym and like just building um, just general strength and like trying to, there's, there's a bit of a strength discrepancy between my right and left, depending on, you know, because I injured my, um, my left. So yeah. I'm just trying to like even those up um, and I'm, yeah, the key really is just being progressive with the way that you train. Like you don't get injured and then like hope that you're going to be back into full training across two weeks. It just doesn't work <laughs> like that. <laughs> so for me, it's been, yeah, being consistent with um, doing gym sessions. So I'm doing three gym sessions a week at the moment and I've, it's been really great. I've been working really closely with my physio. So I've been seeing him um, every fortnight so far um and he's been in close contact with my uh, my strength and conditioning coach so my strength and conditioning coach is very much like tailored a program um to me that's you know very rehab based so I feel like I'm sort of covering it from a lot of angles um you know making sure that you're (laughs) you're sleeping and eating well is also like really important for your recovery so um yeah definitely uh, the strength eating and sleeping well um even like small things like um, you can have like, there's like little nutrition tricks. Like, um, have you guys heard of the like gelatin lollies for 10 minutes? Yeah. So I actually need to get back onto those. I've got all the stuff to make them and I haven't made them yet, but that's something that I'd usually, um, I'd be doing as well, which I'll probably after this call, I'll go on. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, things like that, that can sort of help you or help you, um, my, well, for me, my tendon to sort of recover. Um, yeah. And so when I can do that, I can start, um, I'm building my volume slowly and after, you know, slowly building intensity. So with tendons, cool. it's more the intensity that you want to be more mindful of. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Be careful <laughs> on the one fifties. Hey, just make sure you don't need to yeah. oh yeah. I'll be running some one fifties for a while. I'll show you that. <laughs> yeah. And, and hopefully, um, look, once all this COVID, it, COVID stuff comes down. It'll be interesting to see if we get any cross country or, or what happens with track this year, but um, yeah. hopefully we can all sort of get back going soon enough. Yeah, definitely. No, no, I can't wait to um, be back competing and, you know, around the Donny crew. And <laughs> yeah, I think, I think everybody's looking forward to it. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, I don't think it can come quick enough. So, no. um, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch Abby and uh, through the season and upcoming. And um, we wish you all the best with your, the latest injury and hope you get over that one. And um, yeah. that's been great. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for, Thanks so much, uh, for spending some time with us on your Saturday. Thank oh, you. no worries. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great chatting to you both. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> Good on you. Speak soon, Abby. See you guys. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And welcome now to Peter Kamaris, who's been involved in, with the centre for 20 years, with his son Conrad still competing currently. He's been in the gym for the last 40 years, which is why he's got the most muscles on the Doncaster committee currently. Uh, he's an AV strength and conditioning coach, a level three throw coach and official with the AV, and currently has been keeping himself very busy in the pharmaceutical world, given the current world pandemic. Thanks for joining us, Peter. How Thank are you, you going today? Good, thanks, boys. How are you? Yeah, good. Very, Very well. well. Very well. So other than um, keeping yourself busy with uh, the pharmaceutical and everything, what have you been doing recently? Oh, well, like a lot of people at the moment, we're uh, all working from home, of course, and um, self-isolating. Um, that takes up most of the day. Um, I've been re- trying really hard to, to factor in a little bit of um, uh, exercise as well. Um, yeah. Nice. And obviously... Uh, you know, not just lifting weights, because we do have some weights here in the house, um, bicycle riding, uh, walking, and that sort of thing. So a lot of movie movie watching and uh, also reading. 
Are you on, uh, what are you on Netflix, Pete? What are you watching? Oh, at the moment, I'm watching The Crown, second series. So, right. Uh, nice. Monarchy is an interesting sort of thing to watch and <laughs> a lot of historical stuff there. So, um, yeah, a bit of interest there. Nice. Have you watched The Last Dance? The Michael Jack, uh, the Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's a great dance. series. Yeah, I've been it's watching. So good, it. it's fantastic, it's very oh, addictive, absolutely yeah. spot on, and uh, it's a great story, Mike. What a legend the guy was. Yeah, yeah exactly. Feel um, like yourself, Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Very briefly, do you want to touch on sort of how you got into the gym and how you got into apps and eventually how you got to Doncaster? Yeah, I was a, a sort of a junior athlete and uh, didn't have a little apps those days back in the seventies, but um. Got involved in school sport and then from there joined a club called Oak Park um, in the Western Suburbs and competed in the Western Districts there for a while um, and uh, did okay. That's how it all started and uh, unfortunately had to be put on hold because um, education got in the way, uni. Yeah. Uh, and from uni, I got introduced to gym, to gyms um, in, in my early 20s and kept going with that for up until now, still going. So um, I'm involved in gyms for a long time and had always had an interest in it, but work got in the way, of course. So you've got to work, you've got to find a job where you get paid really well. <laughs> in those days, it wasn't, it wasn't very, you know, lucrative at all. Um, it was in, in its infancy. Yeah. But now, yeah, of course, yeah. it's part of everyone's life. Uh, not just athletes, but just about everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And and Pete, your um, your family's been involved through the lass and um, and and through seniors, as we said, twenty years. You've almost been in the club with um, Conrad still going. How's that been? Yeah, good. It's been a privilege to be part of the centre, and uh, it, it's great for for the family and and the kids. And um, we've made a lot of friends there. And it's a, of course, it's just it's not just the athletes. It's a social side that keeps you, keeps you going. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. And we, we feel, you know, the club's probably one of the best ones in Victoria. We love it. A bit biased, but around <laughs> there. Tom Kelly tracks one of the best in, 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 the, uh, in the state, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, um, yeah. yeah, we made a lot of good friends there and still enjoying it. Yeah, and still on the committee. So, Unfortunately, yes, still on the committee. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love your work. We love you on the committee, Peter. Great job. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, do you want to quickly talk about your uh, your home gym setup? We saw you upload a photo of you lifting some pretty heavy weights there in your backyard. What have yeah, you got um, on? Yeah, I've sort of accumulated a few pieces of equipment over the years, and I'll, I'll list them off for you if you like. Yeah, yeah, go for um, it. We've got I've got a set of kettlebells, uh, which are a very flexible uh, piece of equipment, ranging from eight kilos all the way up to twenty-four kilo. Um, I've got a dumbbell and a selection of weights there, which you saw uh, in that picture that I uploaded. Yeah. I have a couple of dumbbell sets as well. Um, also, importantly, um, some warm-up material called micro bands, uh, two heavy ones and one medium strength band. And uh, recently, I also purchased a battle rope, Ooh, uh, right. which also forms a part of an aerobic um, explosive exercise that a lot of athletes can, can use. So I've got a, a range of equipment there, and um, here at here at home in the garage, we um, we sort of set up uh, a workout regimen that is different every day, and that's important. If you're going to do a home workout, yeah, you need to make it varied and different. Don't do the same thing all the time because number one, your body's going to get very used to it, and number two, uh, there's also potential for injury. So you need to vary it up a little bit. Yeah. You haven't convinced Maria uh, to uh, let you get a SWAT rack in the garage yet? No, that's, you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, bending. if you're yeah, inclined, <laughs> inclined to do that, go for it. But I don't know how that would go once isolation all finishes. And you may find it might collect the dust. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, you mentioned home gyms. I, I think you do need sort of basic equipment. Yeah. Um, if you can purchase something like micro bands, um, a lot of a lot of uh, runners would benefit a lot from that, and they come with extensive exercises, recommended exercises in them as well, that focus a lot on lower body and core work. Yeah, which is probably key to runners. I think it's really important. Yeah. So while we're on that, do you want to maybe touch on what some of the uh, Doncaster athletes can do, just to stay yeah, fit and strong lot, at home? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot you can do. Um, I mean. Obviously, sprinters and distance runners, um, their requirements might be slightly different, but there's a lot of overlap with sprinters and distance runners. Yeah. And clearly with field athletes where 
perhaps you need um, more explosive heavy weights. Uh, they probably may be a little bit less, maybe disadvantaged a little bit. But um, even those athletes can do a few things. The first thing really is you, you need to touch base with your coach or someone that you're working with. Yeah. Um, and I believe at the moment, um, I know from my son, Conrad, if he does a, a session, there's only, you're only going to be two at a time at the moment. Yeah. So, um, and they vary. It, it's not the same person. They can sort of, sort of uh, change their partners, their workout partners or, or the session partners. But the same thing applies. You need to be able to warm up well. Uh, you know, your rollouts don't change when you're massaging your muscles. Um, use, use of bands, use of equipment to warm up your muscles is really important. Stretching, uh, gentle runs perhaps, jogs before you actually get into your session. That sort of pr protocol doesn't change for runners. Yeah. That's really important, it, as, you, as you know. Yeah. So that's something, you know, it's a no-brainer. You keep doing those things uh, in terms of warm-ups. So with uh, resistance training in general, um, there's a lot to be said about body, using your body, body weight uh, in terms of workouts. Uh, you know, things like air squats, um, lunges, uh, planks, um, side planks, angled planks. I mean, the planks are really interesting um, exercise because there are so many variations of the, of the plank. Um, you know, you start off with a high plank, which is basically a, a, a position, which is a push-up position with your hands straight out, okay? Yeah. But simply by raising one arm or raising one leg, you're putting more stress on the core. And mm. so you're working different muscles. So if you can sort of vary the, the plank position, um, the time you hold it, how many reps you do, uh, when I say reps, I mean rounds, if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. 30 seconds, uh, 45 seconds, uh, 65 seconds, um, so on and so forth. You start slow, build up to it, and challenge yourself as you get fitter. All these will put sort of uh, conditioning on your, on your core for runners, really important. Yeah. Um, and when you're doing, um, you know, uh, hamstring work, um, hamstring bridges, uh, there's a variety you can do, two legs, one leg, one leg raised, and so on and so forth. Um, straight leg deadlifts, or some people call them Romanian deadlifts. Can be, it doesn't, you don't need a barbell. You, you can pick up a okay. couple of mm. you know, uh, books or something, mm. as long as you're in the right position, okay? Hurdler stretches as well. Uh, these can work the hamstrings and the, and the quads at the front. So all these things can um, sort, of, sort of a makeshift uh, resistance training sort of circuit training uh, is important. Yeah. Um, if you can sort of afford a, a, um, a basic kettlebell, um, the, the starting weight for a kettlebell for males is around 16 kilograms. The starting weight for females is around 12 kilograms. They're the starting weights. So you can sort of work with those, uh, the runners and the distance runners. You'll be getting a lot of uh, benefit from those. And the sort of exercise you can do with kettlebells, if people are familiar with them, almost endless. But the basic ones everyone knows of kettlebell swing. Yeah. Um, people know perhaps a squat lift, which is basically you bend over, pick up the kettlebell, squat, stand up forcibly by pushing forward your hips and raise the bell up to a, just above your, uh, just below your chin. Squat lift. So there's a okay. number that you can, if you, of course, Google kettlebells, kettlebell workouts, you'll get a number of exercises. There's too many to mention, actually. Mm. Yeah. So remember, remember the starting weights, though. The basic starting weight, 12 kilograms, I repeat this, 12 kilograms for females and 16 for males. That's yeah. the starting weight. Um, also important to um, try and do what we call high-intensity workouts. And what I mean by that is that you pick a couple of exercises. For example, if we look at a jump squat to a pre and a press-up or a push-up, yeah. we can make a little circuit with those two exercises. We can say 30 seconds, we do as many jump squats as we can do, rest for 10, and do another 30-second um, uh, timed push-ups. Then we rest for 30 seconds. And then we do another one. And we do that five times. Okay, right. That's just a mini circuit, mm. right? Yeah, now, sounds it hard. Sounds easy. Sounds easy. Oh. But <laughs> I think if you try that, if you try that for five rounds, I think by the end of the five rounds, you'll, you'll be huffing and puffing. I assure you of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
So it's a matter of picking exercises. Uh, if, if you're focused on running, you'd pick ones that are uh, obviously lower body, okay? Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't have to be two exercises. You can start off with two, you can work up to four and then five, okay? And just do rounds of those. And you, you could aim for three rounds initially, then the following week, four rounds. And the week after that, five rounds. And that's how you progress along the way. And you're gradually increasing the resistance by doing that. Yeah. How important? Your listeners need to, to be creative in what they're doing because we really, at the time we're in at the moment, we just need to think a little bit out of the square. Yeah. How important important is it, Peter, to, to gradually build up? If no one's really been doing gym and then they've thought, right, we're in lockdown, let's start. It's probably a perfect time to do some sort of gym. Uh, obviously, you've got to do it nice and easy and gradually build up. Spot on, Nathan. Uh, and that's where the power bands are very good. Power bands are very safe yeah. and they allow you to work at your own pace. Okay. Uh, and I recommend people buy uh, maybe a set, of, a set of power bands. They're not very expensive. Um, mm. I think they come in at around $14 or $15 each, depending on bad. what um, resistance you're going for. And probably for someone who's never done it before, probably a medium resistance would be adequate. Yep. Um, for athletes that have been perhaps doing uh, what resistance training in the past, they could probably uh, be okay with a heavy band. Uh, but me medium bands for, for uh, athletes that haven't done any gym at all would be perfect. And they would minimise the chance of injury as okay. well. Okay, yeah. That's good to know, yeah. So, important point, of course. Yeah. So, Peter, I'll just um, confirm for everyone listening that these, these sort of core exercises aren't as easy as they sound. And I've learned that the hard way from sessions that you've set me in the gym. They, uh, they look very easy on paper. And then as soon as, soon as you get down to doing them, they, they definitely do their job. You can, you can feel your core working really hardly. Um, now, just although it's, it's a bit of ways off, do you have any idea what the gym will look like sort of when it opens up? Do you kind of have some idea of what, um, what procedures we might have to put into place in the gym and that sort of thing? Uh, yeah. Um, haven't really, haven't really given it a lot of thought at the moment, but off, off the top of my head, I, I think, we probably need to confirm uh, with the Doncaster Athletic Committee about how we're going to go about it. But some of the things I would suggest would be that um, we may have to limit the number of people in the gym. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If the space we have at the moment isn't that big, uh, so we have to give some consideration as to uh, how many people are going to be in the gym at any one time. Yeah. Uh, clearly, sanitation is going to be important. Um, whether we introduce perhaps some sanitizing lotion um, and also wiping down the equipment will have to be mandatory as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so these are sort of things we're going to have to introduce and, and perhaps keep going with for a little while um, until, um, you know, the virus is, uh, you know, sort of contained and also maybe in the next 12 months a little bit stricter at the gym with respect to the, you know, the way we use it. Yeah, um, yeah. So it will, there'll be some changes. Uh, we'll try and accommodate as many people as we can within limits, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, um, what have you been doing, like, sort of hobby-wise to keep yourself sane? Have you been getting into the puzzles or...? Oh, I, I like <laughs> reading a lot, like, like um, history and stuff like that. I've, I'm yeah. reading a couple of books at the moment. Um, one of them is a business book. Another one is on how to win an argument, because I never do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Also, um, I'm actually reading a uh, biography by Arnold Schwarzenegger, Total Recall. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm just reading about his um, his life story, um, which is very interesting. Uh, it's quite yeah, a long right. book, actually. It's um, I forget how many pages. It's got quite long. It's over 700 pages. Arnold's the guy that's almost as muscly as you, right? That's the guy, right? <laughs> well, I think I'm more muscly than him at the moment. He's <laughs> 70, so. Yeah, so he's, he's lost all his form, that bloke. <laughs> but anyway, it's an interesting book. So, you know, yeah. I mean, you've got plenty of time to read now, so that sort of thing. But physically, um, very important to keep active. Everyone should keep active, I think, uh, yeah, not just right. athletes. I think everyone should do something every second day or every day if they can manage it. Every second day is important. We never. I just need to tell you, listeners, also, that I think with the, with the athletes um, in lockdown, they should aim for three days a week. Okay. Three days a week to do something. Yeah. Uh, would be with the aim. If they can get away with two, uh, that's good. But three would be better. And that's enough, you think? 
I think in the environment we're in at the moment, uh, if we also factor in, if you're a runner, you're going to be doing a couple of runs a week as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if you're doing two sessions or three sessions, there's six sessions. If you're doing three days in uh, gym work, resistance work. Yeah, that's a lot, three, isn't it? It's a fair bit, yeah. And you've got to try and manage that. Um, and maybe even rotate that. Maybe what you might want to do three days resistance work one week and two the next week and so forth. Mm. Okay. Try not yeah. to overdo it. That's you know? good to know. That's if you're good feeling to know. too many aches and pains, obviously you're overdoing it. You know? yeah. 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 How how pivotal is it, Pete, for runners? I know, look, I've done some gym in the past and then look, you, you get lazy and then as a runner, the first thing probably that does go is the gym. Well, for, for me it is, but um, you've got to be diligent. I know when I did do it, it, it did make a big difference, but um, you've got to have balance between throwers and runners and, and also getting in the gym. Absolutely. And um, the thing is, with what you're trying to do here, the, the reason why a lot, of, a lot of us do gym work is because we're trying to uh, minimise the chances of injuring ourselves when we're doing our event. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you're, you're trying to mimic some of the movements you're doing in your event as well. Um, yep. and fundamentally, that, that, that is the reason why we're doing resistance work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think it's important that you, you you do both intelligently and cycle it a little bit as well. So as I said before, that yeah. you got to listen to your body a little bit too. So, some of the athletes that have been around for a while are very good at this, um, but athletes, younger athletes, sometimes push themselves too hard. Yeah. So again, I think you need to talk to your coach. You need to talk to who you're working with, and so on and so forth. And the other thing is, um, you have to accept that. The way we're, we're, we're living at the moment, it's just going to be a compromise, whatever you do. Yeah. Um, but That's a really important first. point. Yeah. It's just, it's just compromise. Uh, don't beat yourself up too much if you can't do one thing or you're missing doing an Olympic lift. You just can't do that. Yeah. Um, the other thing is you try and mix it up a little bit. Um, if we're just trying to do everything with bands or weights or whatever we've got, a little bit of boxing is important too. I've got a, a boxing bag and I've got um, focus mitts and um, things like that. And do a few sessions of those. It breaks up the monotony of what you're doing. Um, it's like yeah. anything. If you, you've, got, you've got to try and change it up and um, make it a bit more interesting for your body as well. If you had one exercise, Pete, to give to, to runners and throw, maybe one for runners and one for throwers. How about that? One exercise in the gym that you thinks um, that you can't go without. I think I'd give one exercise for both runners and throwers, and that would be the plank. Yep. I'd really go the plank with a, with a, a huge variety of movements and, and positions with the plank and really cycle it up a little bit and um, vary and challenge yourself with, the, with how, how long you hold the positions. Yep. We know that most of us can probably do a 30 second hold. There wouldn't be too many that can do a hold greater than two minutes. Mm. Sounds like a challenge there, Peter. Yeah, two-minute hold will be <laughs> two-minute hold. Depending on what position you're in, would be very challenging for a lot of us. Yeah, yeah. So even the lifters, you know, the lifters still need core work. Yeah, important, sure. Very important, and yeah, a lot of us don't do core work, and you've got to do it. Perhaps yeah. one other. I, I, I'll go back on my one other one that I think you you need to do um, is probably air squats. I go okay. air squats, okay. body weight, body weight, air squats. Challenge yourself twenty. 30, 40, 50 air squats in one go. In one go, right. In one go. And if you do 60, you're superhuman. <laughs> All right. You've got a and couple of challenges. Yeah, a couple yeah. of challenges there. How many, uh, how many, so you're saying 40 or 40 to 60, but how many sort of reps and how many sets and, or is it just, or is it just, you know, 40 and that's oh, it? If you can do, if you can do three sets of 40 air squats, you're doing pretty well. All right. <laughs> doing pretty well. There we go. Got some challenges set by Peter for the uh, for the listeners at home. Can I add one more, Nathan? Yeah, one more. you can. can. Of course, you can. can. Now. Um, I think the humble push-up is really important. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here you go. The, the humble, one I can't do. The humble push-up. <laughs> and with the push-up, you vary the angle. When you vary the angle, you pre it, let's say you weigh 90 kilograms. Yeah. And you raise your feet higher than your head, the percentage of weight that goes into it is 75%. So if you weigh 90 kilos, yeah. what's 75% of 90, Nathan? Uh, hold on, I'll just get the uh, calculator up on the <laughs> computer. <laughs> that's, the amount of weight, that's the amount of weight you'd be pushing if you were doing a push-up at an angled position with your feet higher than your head. 
Okay. Let's say when I say that, I mean put your put your feet on a cushion and your head's mm. down below that. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Right. So seventy five percent of ninety. Uh, would be what? I don't know. Um, 67.5, I think off the uh, top of my like head there, doing, not using a calculator. It's like doing, yeah, it's like doing a, a bench press of 60 kilograms. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So the, the Pretty solid. And, yeah. and there's no there's no um, barbell needed or anything? No barbell. You do it the right way, the right angle. It's like yeah. doing like doing a, um, uh, a bench press. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Um, what type of reps and sets should people be doing for the, for the push-up? Oh, well, if you do a flat push-up, just a normal push-up, yeah. um, I think reps of 25 to 30 uh, would be good. Okay. Sets, sets of, you know, three sets of uh, 30 push-ups is a good workout. Okay. So we've got three sets of 30 for push-up, uh, three sets of 40 air squats, and a two-minute plank for everyone at home. Perfect. There you go. At the end of that, Boris, <laughs> I think you'll be absolutely slaughtered, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have uh, earned your uh, your beer after that. I think, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> how? Absolutely. No, that's that's some good tips, Pete. And how how would um you know we've got a few athletes obviously up at the gym Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Not at the moment, but you're always up there. Um, Mr. Robbo, um, finished up. He's been at, he was at the club for gee more than twenty years. Um, as the strength and conditioning coach up there, and you sort of took on from him from about 2015, yeah. 16. Um, and you always provide great support up there. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we, we, we're always up there and uh, yep. everyone is willing to help. Um, for Even if it's for advice, it doesn't have to be. As I said, a lot of the athletes, a lot of the um, athletes have their own coaches and those strength and conditioning coaches, but I'm there to supervise and give advice yep. and perhaps tips on, on um, even form. You know, yeah. Uh, well, that's the biggest do. thing. I think. Yeah. I know everyone. Everyone loves a deadlift, but a lot of people can do do it uh, in the in a wrong form, and it can be it can be detrimental to. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's the same for any movement. Mm. If you're doing deadlifts or or, or, or uh, Olympic lifting, um, there's a lot of things that need to be considered. They, I mean, we look at the athletes um, when they're competing on the Olympic stage on the big stage, and they make it look easy, but unfortunately, it's very hard. Yeah. And it's learned over a number of years. A lot yeah. of coaching, a lot of work goes into that. Um, just picking up a barbell and lifting it, uh, if you do it the wrong way, you can easily hurt yourself. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably we're another... We're there to help. We're, we're there to help. Uh, we've got that facility and um, even the athletes are willing to help. They're very, very knowledgeable. They've learned a lot. And you learn as you go along as well, of course. No, it's a great, it's a great community up at the gym. I know um, uh, Monday, Wednesdays, Friday. So obviously uh, once we're back... Uh, You'll uh, you'll let the club members know and and um, absolutely yeah and we'll yeah. go from there. We'll let them know we're all itching to go back there, Nathan. We miss it a lot. Yeah, definitely, definitely missing the gym. For sure. <laughs> what um I guess going forward, Pete. You, you know you you're with the committee at the moment. You're obviously keen into your coaching. Um, you you'll look to do that for the number of years. Obviously, Conrad's still um, a part of the club, so you can see yourself at the club for a few more years to come. Oh yeah, we've got nowhere to go, Nathan. We're here. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, athletics is a great, is a great, uh, great sport, and um, we love it very much. Um, and uh, the whole family's right into it. So, um, and you know, I've got a lot of passion for athletics. So I've yeah. always have, and loved watching it, love being part of it, and competing myself. And who knows, I might go another year this year. We'll see how we go. Yeah, what are you, yeah. you going to dust off and get back into some shot and disc, discus? Yeah, I'm a throws man, as you know, and. Yeah. Um, I love, I love all of them and uh, you can never, I still don't know enough about it. I'm still learning about it. Um, yeah. Need, need to um, learn more about the hammer, of course. Um, I'm pretty good on the, sh on the shot and the discus, but the hammer and uh, the javelin, uh, not as good. Not oh, as well. right. Something to improve on. Peter, maybe I missed that's it. Aim, that's the aim, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I missed it at the start, but what was, your, what was your original sport? Were you a sprinter when you started or were you... I did do some sprinting, um, got into sprinting a little bit, but then um, I found that I, uh, I was a little bit better at throwing stuff. Oh, okay. So uh, got in, I had a coach myself in high school. I was very lucky to find a coach and he coached me and, and um, I developed a good good technique in the early in the early days of discus and shot put. Right, so you've been into throws um, for, for many, many, many years. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's great. what I stayed with, yeah. Yeah, nice. Good. Very good. Well, thanks, Peter. Thanks for um, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to speak to us and give yeah. all the club members some some really good advice. 
we'll definitely okay. um we'll definitely get you back on and we'll see how those three exercises go yeah. um, over the well, coming thanks for weeks. having me as well appreciate it <laughs> no nah, not a problem thanks for giving out your time Pete. thank you bye good on you mate so there you have it episode four of the DSC podcast boris pretty good yeah very good great to hear uh how abby's progressed throughout her life in the sport and having some uh, challenges set by Pete. It'll be interesting to see how we all go with that. I know I will definitely be struggling with the uh, three by 30 push-ups. Yep. I don't think my scrawny arms will ever be able to do that, but we'll see. It'd be good to see how uh, some of our listeners get through that session as well. Yeah, no, for sure. It was great to have them on. Um, looking forward to the, the next episode, which will be in another fortnight's time. Looking to launch that on Monday, the 25th. Um, so in a fortnight's time, and that's probably where we'll feature the first Where Are They Now? Um, yeah. so we don't have that athlete yet but we will and we'll be back to bring that to you um, and obviously stay stay in tune with the club news um, given the upcoming announcement by Daniel Andrews launching on Monday so on the 11th which yeah, is the same day as his podcast so. yeah and we've had um, we've had a lot of really good feedback from some of the listeners so please if you have any more feedback to give don't hesitate to get in contact with us yep you can shoot us a message either to our emails Instagram Facebook However you want to get it to us, um, yep. do let us know. We've had some really good feedback so far, so please keep it coming. Yeah, hopefully um, hopefully you, your members in the wider um, athletic audience is enjoying it. Um, we'll look to bring them for you, yeah, as I said, every two weeks. And um, that's episode four, done and dusted. All right. Good Thanks, on you. Thanks guys. Cheers.